0: what it is it's another episode of as it is formerly the end with adam i'm your host adam and i'm back here with dom dom what's good yo Yo, Adam, my brother. How's everything, man? It's been lit, man. It's been lit, you know. Um, it's finally the winter, t- or not the winter, but the fall. Um, I'm so excited for me to be able to wear sweaters and shit and all my fresh uh, jackets and hoodies. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's pretty much the same as, you know, work's been pretty much the same. Home life's been the same. I've been gaming. I got some stuff to talk about with that. Been gaming a couple of new games but uh um we had your birthday party on um friday last week how's it been since then bro everything's been good man i don't know i I, it's always like this for me usually
1: around my birthday the few days before a few days after i'm always in good spirits i'm sure as anybody else is but for me it's been good bro i've just been taking it easy uh just relaxing a little bit not not getting too far outside of what i usually do but i've been good bro We had a good birthday, man. I had a lot of fun that day. I won't lie. I'm glad you made it out.
0: Yeah, it was great. It was cool to finally like hang out in person. For people who don't know, we've been doing this podcast uh, and literally had not hung out in person since we started it. And uh, it was cool to actually (laughs) crazy. It's crazy because we've (laughs) done like five or six episodes now without actually having met each other. It was all over discord. So it was cool to actually like meet and hang out in in, in the same place. But yeah, uh yeah, better yeah. idea of someone's
1: personality that
0: way, for sure. Definitely. And like, yeah, I mean, your whole crew, including you, you guys are all just really cool people. Like, it's always good when you link up with somebody on an artistic level that you would also hang out with, like as a 100%. regular person. It makes you it know? easier, bro. It makes it so much easier. And like, I've done plenty of podcast projects and I got to be honest, like a lot of them have not been with people that like I connect with on that personal level. Like I fuck with them, like on an artistic level, you know, they get shit done. They're definitely like people that are reliable to work with, but they're not necessarily like my boys, you know? Yeah. Like you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was just cool. It was, it was a really fun experience. Your brother and me um, turned out. So like, it's funny because you know, you and me, we, we have things that are similar. Like, we like certain video games. We like certain animes. But your brother and me have the exact same tastes. Like, there's no, like, wavering. Like, we like the exact same games. Like, it's so funny. That, no, like, I, remember- I knew that
1: too, bro. <laughs> the first time we talked, I swear, like, literally not to, like, make it about him. But I swear, bro, like, the first few conversations I had with you, even just through text, even, even after our first uh podcast we shot i heard, i was like damn bro i was like this guy reminds me of my brother bro like i like me like me too i see the similarities between us but i was yeah. like man i was all the games you were talking about um what you liked all that shit i'm like damn bro i'm like this guy sounds just like my brother this is gonna work real easily and well for me
0: yeah no it was, it was super cool because i never especially a game like ghost recon i never meet people who play Ghost Recon dude like that is rare and like your brother doesn't just play Ghost Recon like he is he is in that game like yeah he's an addict for it bro yeah. he's an addict for Ghost Recon I was like yes finally somebody who's as obsessed with that shit as I am I was like fuck yeah um but yeah everybody else was cool though it was a cool crew everybody by the way I was telling Allie this all of you guys are fresh as hell everybody was just fresh I was no, like I appreciate Damn. that bro <laughs> I was like, like dang I like that
1: man cause not, you know, not I don't have to have a group of friends that are like that, but I I like, you know, I'm when I if I when I say this, I'm not like super into it, but I, I do enjoy fashion. I like it a lot. um, yeah. And I like that it kind of came hand in hand with my boys, too, Like without without any coaching or, or right. helping out or mentoring, if you will, you know, because there's sometimes in friend groups, there's the one who who has yep. the best taste and it kind of trickles down to the rest of the group. So yeah, my my, my friends, I, I'm glad of that. I'm proud they know how to dress.
0: Yeah, it was cool because I'm so used to, especially like in Michigan, kind of being the only person who like rocks certain things. But I was like noticing, I was like, oh shit, what is that? I was like, is that supremely, like, is that? I was like, oh shit, everybody's, everybody's dressed up right now. I was uh, like, you yeah. know. Everybody I mean, you were up. too,
1: bro. Don't don't you know? Don't take nothing away from yourself. You came through <laughs> fresh as well, bro. Don't don't think like you know. If, if I'm ever if I'm ever the type that, like I said, I if I'm talking about fashion around somebody or or shoes, whatever maybe, and I like it, and don't ever think, bro. If if yeah. if a comment or two don't come your way, don't think it means I ain't peeped what you got on or <laughs> how color coordinated you are. Cause I I peep a lot of shit, bro. I really do. If I'm ever right. if I'm ever people watching when I'm out somewhere, yeah, ninety nine percent of the time I'm checking out kicks. Whether it's a dude wearing them, a girl fits all that shit. So, trust
0: me, bro. I I peeped. Isn't it? You know how to dress. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. Isn't it interesting, like, how quickly you notice, like, what somebody's wearing and how, like, my sister says it the best. Like, clothing is a language. Like, you're telling someone something without saying anything, you know? Yeah. 100%. Bro. And, like, yeah, it's so interesting. Like, when I see people or meet people that have a certain style, I, like, immediately know I'm going to get along with them like in a very specific way. Yeah. Whereas like, if they're just, you know, if cause there are some people that like really rock the, like the norm core kind of look where they just like dress, like wear normal clothes, which is still straight. Like you can be fresh without having to wear like brands, but it's always interesting. Like with those people, it's a little bit harder for me to tell, Oh, am I going to fuck with this person or not? But then, When I see somebody wearing a very specific kinds of brands or labels, I'm like, oh no, I'm definitely gonna fuck with this guy. Like he's from. Of
1: course, bro. I mean, (laughs) like, like you said, your sister said it it is a language. Like, and and in no judgmental way do I mean this. I know, I know people who I can see them five, six days out the week. Mm. They're probably in their work attire, you know, boots, whatever kind of job they have. You know, you gotta commit to it. You have a dress code to follow, but at the same time. I know that same person could have 20, 30 outfits to rock. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, right. like a hundred pairs of shoes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm even like that a little bit, bro. I wear the same shit to work. You know, I, yeah. I like my, I like to dress more comfortable at work. I'll still rock some, some cool shit, but then it's like, you know, it, it, the, the occasion has to be fitting for me to come out and really come out like dapper down, dripped yeah. out, whatever people may say these days. So right.
0: I, it is it, definitely a language to be spoken. It definitely is, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's an interesting thing, too, is, like, because we've been – or at least I've been working from home for so long, like, I haven't gotten to wear a lot of, like, fresh shit just because I'm at the house, like, all the time. So, like, the few times, like, your birthday or, like, if me and Allie go out, like – to a dinner or something. Those are like the only times I can like wear actual clothes. And I like appreciate it so much more now because it's so much rarer than like when I used to just, you know, every day have a different fit on like now it's like, I'm usually just rocking sweatpants and a t-shirt or sweatpants yep. and a hoodie. And then like when I finally do get to like actually wear something fresh, I'm like, fuck yes. Like, oh my God. Oh, I- it's,
1: it's a weird, it's a weird good feeling. Cause like, I- I'll tell you this too. Like, although I do work in a public space in a public area where a lot of people do see me uh, during the pandemic bro when the pandemic very first hit i had this like outrageous splurge moment bro i was just i was in no way do i say this i don't want this to ever come off in a brag bragging way either it was, it was just the truth of the matter i literally went through this little splurge bro i like my 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 shoe game my shoe collection just jumped tremendously i bought a whole bunch of clothes and then i'm sitting around bro and i'm like yeah it's time of buying i'm like yeah This is some hard shit. This is some fresh shit. I like it. And then I'm like, bro, I wear like the same four or five pairs of shoes all the time. I wear a lot of my same clothes. So it's like I had a little point of I was like, damn, did I even need any of this? But I've been coming more and more around to actually rocking and wearing a lot of my
0: shit. So like you were saying, I can appreciate it more now. Yeah, no, definitely. It gives you a special appreciation nowadays. Like things are things are so much different. But um, yeah, man, I I uh, I find myself even though like I feel like my closet is complete for the first time, you know, in my life. Yes. Like I feel like as a, as an adult man now that I have most of the the types of clothes and the brands that I want, but I still find myself like just looking at shit I'm never gonna buy, like Balenciaga sneakers. Like I'm never getting those, but I'm like literally looking at like on my laptop right now. I was just like on Facebook Marketplace, look. Like, Looking, yeah. up, looking up like, yo, can I get like some Valenciaga sneakers for the low? like right no you never know where
1: you're gonna find it bro. don't even don't even say never bro we're, we're doing this shit right now this shit's gonna pop off bro this shit's gonna take off yeah. that's gonna be like your fucking pair of air forces like how how easily those can come to us now bro that's how that shit's gonna be don't even trip bro this, this shit's
0: I know it is I, I yeah. know it in my heart and in yeah. my head you're right no I, I feel that way every time we get on this shit I'm just like this is gonna jump one day like this is literally gonna pop off but <laughs> but yeah um, bro 100% speaking of which and we'll talk about this off air we gotta we gotta start doing the video version of this we gotta start getting the video podcast together man
1: yes so i've been trying to like here and there as much as i can Mm -hmm. i've been talking to my buddy uh spencer that i mentioned to you off Mm -hmm. the podcast i don't think we mentioned him on here yet shout out my Mm -hmm. boy spenny shout out woodward heavyweights uh (laughs) he's been bro he's been like he's been real locked in with his shit right now Mm -hmm. um they actually just I guess I don't know if he's like cool with the owner or mm-hmm. if he's part owner, what it may be. They actually started on Mondays. They shoot their fucking podcast out of Coliseum Strip Club, bro. What? That's fucking. Yes, shit. from five to seven, dog. They go there. They have a. They get a booth set up, and they they cover sports and they do sports analysis from there. I'm like, dog. That's I'm cool. like, you guys haven't been slowing down in a good way, you know. I'm like, this is yeah. this is fucking awesome. Like, I, I couldn't be anything more than happy for the guy because. I know it's been his passion this whole time. So for them to actually have like at least within Michigan a place that has a name around here, right? Uh, I'm ecstatic for the guy, bro. And like he, I, I kind of felt bad, man. I got invited out there a couple times. His birthday, they had a little shindig over there too, and I just I couldn't find the time to make it out there. And I'm and I'm mad at myself for it. But Spenny, bro, you hear this? I'm I'm coming out there, bro. We're gonna do it up there on one of these days.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah, man. So yeah, let's um let's definitely get into it. Uh I did want to cuz we I think we touched on movies last time. Um but I did want to spend some time talking about that today. But then also, yeah. but then also before we even get into that, I got to talk about my my new love in gaming, this game that I fell in love with. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I don't know, it's a pretty obscure nah man
1: run it by me bro i never heard of that shit bro no
0: this no i 2019
1: modern warfare 2019
0: yeah oh my god
1: bro listen i'm so fucking happy to hear you say that because i know in the past we talked about you've been more of a battlefield guy as opposed to like you know the little war we got for fps is through battlefield and call of duty let me tell you this right now bro not to cut you off or hold you off on Mm -hmm. what you're gonna say but I was super super heavy in Call of Duty around the Modern Warfare two, Black Ops one, Black Ops two days. Like mm. that, that's the golden era of of. Uh, yeah. I almost said golden era of hip hop. That's the golden <laughs> yeah. era of Call of Duty for me, right there. Is 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 them three right? So that little uh, period of time in between i kind of i kind of fell back man black ops 3 was real cool to me i liked it a lot but anything else after that i wasn't really fucking with yeah modern warfare 2019 drops bro and i swear that shit reeled me right back into my multiplayer days and my online days i i love that shit bro
0: yeah no i mean i i, I have to agree with you that the, the golden age of modern warfare was that mw2 like in to black ops, like trailing into black ops was really the time to be playing modern warfare. For me, I dropped off after black ops one, cause I just started to get sick of getting shot every five seconds and dying from kill streaks. and just yeah. like unity. That was I think right around NW two, like the later stage MW two is when the community of call of duty started to change for me where like it was the most competitive shooter out for a while. And people really took it seriously. And it was just like a game where if you were like a no-life FPS dude, like that was your game. And like it just got – unless you wanted to sink like four hours a day into it, you just weren't going to be competitive enough to even play pubs. So I just got off of it and went back to Battlefield. But um, there is something about MW 2019 that like reminds me of that era. Like they took everything back to basics. They made it like – the they made it that kind of like smooth – a responsive shooter that I'd always wanted Call of Duty to be, and that it has been in the past. Like, dude, I can't tell you how much I hated like Advanced Warfare and oh, all those God. other. They just added too much. It just got way too like the gameplay was too stop and go, too choppy, or it was way too fast paced to the point where like unless you were on like eighty milligrams of Adderall and like chugging Mountain Dew, it just wasn't a fun game no, at all, bro. Yeah, so I just kind of gave up on it and like what really reawakened it in me was I played the beta for Modern Warfare 2 uh, on Saturday night and I was like, man, like this is reminding me of something like yeah. my muscle memory is coming back. I was like, what do I feel right now? I was like, oh, this is how that MW1 MW2 like Xbox 360, that's how this felt. So I was like, let me go and get like the the Modern Warfare 2019 cuz the beta was going to end in like a day. So I went to GameStop, copped it, came back, took a damn near, like, a day and a half to, like, download and get actually able to play it on Xbox because it's, like, 100 gigs. Yeah, it's crazy. Which, uh, Activision, I, I need to understand what on that game is 100 gigs. <laughs> like, what is it that makes <laughs> The sense? both of us, bro. I gotta know like, go my
1: fucking self, bro, because that was, like, the worst thing to me was that, like... I'm like, okay, I get it. Maybe maybe around 50, 60 gigs. Cool, I get it. You got, the, you got the campaign. I understand that's probably a good 20, 30. Your multiplayer comes with all the multiplayer packs, DLC. I get it. But I'm like, bro, right. every fucking drop, every, every DLC pack, whatever you guys have an update of is like 10, 15 gigs. And I'm like, what are y'all putting in here that I'm not seeing? Because I'm seeing about <laughs> five gigs of data in this shit, bro. Maybe, maybe that
0: much. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's um the biggest game I've ever put on my Xbox. It took the longest of any game. And I was expecting like 400 maps, 30 million guns. I was expecting 5,000 skins. Yeah. It's got a lot of content. Don't get me wrong. It's a content rich game and there's a lot to do in it. But it ain't no 100 Hundred gigs. Fucking Elden Ring isn't 100 gigs. Yeah, look how immersive like, that world is. Yeah. Like, what are y'all putting on there? What bloatware? what, like, did I download like the fucking, uh, 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 windows 10 and 11 as well as the game? Like, I don't understand (laughs) what else is on there, but shit, man, I've just been, I've been grinding it hard and they did something that like really shows me that they give a shit about their, uh, about their, um, players. Like they have a whole, uh, what's it called? Like, Match or matchmaking, you know they have like a whole yeah uh uh like playlist. That's the word. Fuck, they have a whole playlist for just shipment. Yes, like, bro. They knew they knew to deliver with that. How beautiful is that? There's nothing I've ever seen. I've never seen a developer say, "You know what? We know why you're playing this game. Like we know what you really want to do. Here's just shipment extended twenty four seven. Yeah, all the <laughs> <all> time." <laughs>
1: the people like people people who may not have been uh heavily into like the the earlier stages of call of duty may not understand how important that playlist actually was for these like true diehard fans because i mean if if you were at all playing the game even minimally at the time of the original modern warfare call of duty 4 modern warfare 1 we all knew what shipment was there for shipment was that oh you got you got this little piece of shit kid in the lobby talking mad shit you know you get his gamer tag you invite him send him a message 1v1 me bro 1v1 me yeah. we're gonna release you who's the better player and that's really what shipment held down for at those times and then after your your first reboot of that map it kind of became something different because 1v1s really at least in my eyes from what i was seeing in my everyday play was kind of shying away from the 1v1s and more so going towards oh okay this is the map I'm going to go play. This is the playlist I'm going to go play to level my guns, to get my rank up. Mm-hmm. Because regardless, unless you're camping, unless you're just that cracked out at the game, you're not mm-hmm. getting too many more kills than you are deaths in that. Like a lot of times, yeah. at least in this one, when I play, bro, I'll, I'll go like an even KD. I'll get a 1.0 KD, or I'll have a <laughs> fucking crazy game where I got like 70, 80 kills and maybe no more than 20 deaths. So it's like, I, it, it brought back like you said, an important aspect of the game. And they even further continued on from what it was to making
0: it new to what it is. And now, yes, yes. They, they took the best aspects, like what you really liked about the original modern warfare. And then they just built on that in a tasteful way, which is what every fucking developer should be doing. I'm talking to you dice dice. <laughs> this is this is how you make a shooter. I don't understand, man. Like I was playing ground war. On Call of Duty, and I was like, "Man, this is so simple. Like Dice makes it so much more difficult than it needs to be. Like you just have a big map, you have a couple of really cool vehicles, and then you just have a lot of players in a round- in a match. Like you don't need to, you don't. I don't need to have a wingsuit. I don't need to have." you know, uh, guns that I can customize on the fly. Like just give me a good map with a couple of good vehicles and a lot of players and I'm good. Like it's a formula that, that stood the test of time. So when I see more sometimes, man, yes, yes. That's what, that's what modern warfare taught me from playing it is that simple is better. Less is more. Um, and that really like one of the other things I was, I was really loving was the physics system in the game, like sliding, like just how your gun moves when your guys shooting it. Like the cover system is actually probably the most elegant cover system of any shooter I've ever played. Yeah. Like it actually, it like, it actually works, you know, it's, it's a cover system you can use.
1: No, it's good. Um, the mounting, like, that was actually something that I did not think would have had the largest impact in the game only because it, that mounting was at this time it was it was a little bit new to Call of Duty because in all the others if I'm not mistaken aside from a few story uh, story mode missions there was never any mounting you could never corner peek your gun around the wall and I'm not talking corner peek like PUBG or some of these more right. tactical games have like Rainbow Six C's or maybe even some of these uh, Rainbow Six games but at the same time it's just it, it's just enough. It adds that that cool that cool factor that some of these other games, all the, some of these other FPSs do carry along with them and have carried, but mm-hmm. they still kept it with that Call of Duty style. It was like, okay, here's a slight peek around your corner. Yeah, your arm, maybe a little bit of your head's gonna be peaked but you're not gonna be stagnant to this area, or it's not gonna be bad to where you gotta hold down to get off it. It's like as soon as you let go of your ADS sight, boom you're right back and, you know, you're normal first person. So I, I love the mount system for sure.
0: It, it It's really, um it's really elegant. And uh, it, it like how we were just saying, the theme is less is more with that game mm-hmm. where there isn't, you got, you don't got to press a bunch of buttons. You don't got to hold down something. You just click RS and then bam, you're stuck to a wall. And then you can just fucking pick off people through, with like a fair cover. Like if I'm, if I'm shoot, getting shot at by somebody who's using that cover system, I can still shoot them you know, yeah. it's just a little bit harder. It's just that much more precise. So I, I, I have so many great praises to sing for call of duty. And I do take back my, um, my earlier, uh, comments about how much I hated that. That I mean, I'll be real. The community's still bad, bro. Don't know. Yeah, the community. The
1: community is still very bad. I it's, it's, it is still, I would say they reign supreme over any other game community. And I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't play all games that, May have a negative community. But Call of Duty, of all the games I've played where I've gotten involved with the community, Mm -hmm. number one, bro. They got the worst.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say it's definitely the most annoying community. It's the only shooter that I've been playing where, like, people consistently are on their mics shit-talking. Like, still. In 2022, people are still shit-talking in lobbies. I'm like, man, get a life like holy shit. Hey, I'm, I'm
1: I'm a little guilty of that with the uh I was also playing the beta for Modern Warfare 2 yeah. me and my cousin Jordan. Kids cracked out at, at shooters, bro. He he's out of the people that I personally know. At least with Call of Duty and I'll give this guy Gears of War also. Mm-hmm. He's the best player that I personally know. Damn. Um so he was of course the first I wanted to go with. I'm like, "Okay, let me let me play with him." You know, we get in the games and mm-hmm. Same thing you said, bro. We're in game chat, and you know we we win a game, we lose a game. No matter what the fuck happens, you got kids shit talking, and just it just brought out this. This older element of me that just was like so ready, so willing to talk this shit. And I got into it a little bit with these guys, bro. We were we were clapping these kids in games. They're like, oh, you're dog shit. I'm like, kid, I'm dog shit. I killed you six times in the match. Who's really dog shit here? Why right. like, suck do you guys? Like you guys lost. It, it felt good. I I hate to admit that. Yeah. It brought me back to my roots of what got me so heavy into Call of Duty because that was a part of it back then. So I definitely know. As bad as it may sound i'm like man I, I needed that
0: i needed to get that shit out a little bit yeah man i um i definitely appreciate like just the competitive spirit of the game because it keeps the game alive you know when you have yes. people trying hard in every match it keeps it interesting but man i mean after a while i'm just like why am i why am i yelling at 12 year olds man what am i doing yeah like, you
1: reflect a little bit after the match like damn yeah uh, it's probably got his whole life ahead of him. I'm telling him he's dog shit at a game. That's probably his whole life. Let me let me
0: backpedal a little bit on that. And the seething anger that comes from getting like hunted down and killed over and over again by the same guy. I haven't oh, felt God. that I haven't felt that since I was like sixteen years old, to oh. be honest. Like that just that feeling. Of oh my god I want to jump through the screen and kill this person whoever this guy is and especially like when people are just try harding they're like jumping sliding going like up on crates crouching like it's just like dude just just calm down man like just calm the fuck down yeah it's just a game bro that's that's like
1: I, i'm a heavy gamer but I, I even pull that one out every once in a while dog. Yeah. Like, calm down kid you're on a fucking xbox you're not getting yeah. paid
0: to do this you're you're not- slow it down a little bit slow it down like yo your, your your thumbs must be flying off your hands right now bro yeah oh man but uh yeah that was that was basically my weekend was uh playing that um just really also playing the beta um what did you think about the beta overall
1: I listen, man. I, I have this like, I we talked about this before on and off the air. I, I have this love hate with Call of Duty, right? So, pretty much every Call of Duty that's come out, even within the times of me knowing they were gonna be bad, I'm always I'm always a sucker for still getting them just because I have this little sense of faith. Um, I had it with this, and overall, um, I, I would say yeah, I'm I'm I, they slightly exceeded my expectations, and let me say why. I only knew a little bit of the game going into it mm. and knowing it was going to be a sequel to Modern Warfare. That's really what had me geeked, because like like we just said, it, it was a very promising game through and through. But I do have my complaints, as anybody would, especially being somebody who's unfortunately probably still going to buy the hundred dollar edition yeah. because it makes the most sense to me. Yeah, Um, I feel like they they do have a balance with it now i don't know if you notice it but in this game the movement is slower but there's a faster time to kill yeah now most people would say that's an even trade off i disagree with that heavily no. disagree with that and here's why i've noticed it's it's uh attracted way more campers yeah. way more like like i within the beta i've only i only played it for maybe a total of maybe six or seven hours of real life time mm-hmm. and I've never ran into that many in my life, um, <laughs> ev- ever, bro, ever. Uh, I also noticed they made the footsteps, yeah, loud like you're this fucking huge. Beh-
0: yep. Hold on, you broke up there. Yo, Dom, Dom, Dom. Oh shit, this happens like once an episode, guys. It'll, it'll fix itself just Dom dumb so. yo yeah sorry yo dumb
1: yeah my bad i, I went on a little haywire there for a second all good but yeah i was talk- talking about the footsteps yeah the footsteps i don't I, I don't know why they decided to do that that way because here's my problem footsteps you know they, they have to have a realistic aspect i'm fine with that i, I get it you know obviously in real life you're going to hear people coming up, especially in the midst of war. If you're in a quiet area, somebody's running up full geared. Mm-hmm. You're not as light on the ground. Of course, it, it it makes sense. It's common sense. At the same time, the range in which you can hear someone's footsteps to me, this is a this is a camper's gold mine because there's been times where I'm not even in that fucking at the hallway yet of which he's at the furthest end of and I'm just entering the hallway, and as I run past to get gunned down, I watch the kill cam, he's already pre-aimed, ready for me to come in the direction. And I'm like, my first thought in this day and age is damn, is he cheating? And then I'm like, no, it's my fucking loud-ass cement feet hitting this ground that he's hearing me from, however however far away. So they could have, to me, toned those down a little more. Aside from that, though, uh, I have no other complaints about the game. Like, Like I said, the camping, they could tone down a little bit they could make the movement a little bit faster. To me, they took away slide canceling. I don't know if you're aware of what that is in Modern Warfare and Warzone, but it's basically one of these in-game things that the players themselves found out how to do. It was not intended by the developers, the creators. So I think they could have toned down the slide canceling a little bit, but in this, they completely took it out. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I was a little too relying on it from the last game, but aside from those things... I'm definitely getting
0: this game, and I'm gonna be playing it for sure. Yeah, no, I'm definitely getting it, and really, uh, I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get MW 2019 just so I could get better uh, at like playing. You know, just the engine and understanding how to play the game and all that stuff. Like, I liked that. I liked the um, the beta so much that I was like, okay, let me actually get good at this so that when mw2 comes out i won't be like a complete shitter you know i'll actually be like somewhat good
1: yeah hell yeah bro that's that's the smartest move i feel like people could make especially someone in your position who hasn't really been too heavy into call of duty because i I will be the first to say as somebody who does like call of duty as much if i've ever had my periods of time where i wasn't playing it that much or if it was a Treyarch Call of Duty coming out and then right. following up to an Activision, yeah. bro, you, you literally get in these games and you just get shit on, bro. And it kind of you kills your morale a little bit because you're getting in these games, multiple games and you're like, dog, I'm just getting shit on right now. And it's like, am I even going to want to continue playing this game? So I'm, I'm glad that this was the oh. sequel in a way of a game that I've still been playing heavily to follow in and transition into this. I think it's going to I think it's going to be a little smoother this time. Just, just so I'm not in here playing against kids that I'm thinking are number ones, number
0: twos in the world. You know, it, it was yeah. never like that. So I'm sure. hoping it sticks that way. Yeah, no, I, I really do hope that it can, it can still be a fun game, but also be competitive, you know, and that's the feeling I got from it, but I just, w- <gasps> I just wanted to get a little bit more competitive with it. You know, I just wanted to get yes, a little more in, in the mix with the game. And I think I'm getting there cause I've been putting up some serious hours, but, uh, yeah, so that was sort of my Call of Duty experience for the weekend. But um, on on another note, getting back to what I was talking about earlier, I haven't we haven't really talked like movies that much. So I did want to kind of get a feeling for like what your favorite films were and like if you have a favorite genre or like what's going on with that. So I will give you this because my memory.
1: I will tell you this as of late, I, I've been. Let me not say off of movies, but it. it I feel like. it it takes a lot to meet my expectations now. And, And I'm saying that as somebody who unfortunately needs their expectations met a little bit before they even know so much about the movie. I'm a little bit hard to please these days. So I can give you a couple off the top of my head that, are movies that really have stuck with me that are movies I have no problem to rewatch come back explore maybe find new things out without sounding too cliche because I know some of these are going to be in majority of people's like top mm-hmm. movies um I'm first and foremost bro I, I'm, I'm a, the movie training day it, it yeah. will forever be in my top 10 movies that I've ever watched um, yeah. aside from the fact that you have the cast that you do you got denzel you got ethan Hawke, you yeah. got um eva mendez uh who's the, what's who's the old guy in the movie fuck i can't think of his name kind of looks, like, yeah, looks like clint eastwood it's his boy in the movie yeah, that he kind of yeah. you know does a little bit dirty but anyways i love that movie and at the time that i watched it i didn't watch it when it very first came out i was a little bit older i think i was in my later teens and bro i i just loved everything about the movie i love the setting I love the twist in the movie. I love how I love the build up to finding out what you find out all these things. Um, outside of that, I would definitely, you know, say inception was a great movie to me, especially being a movie where if I don't understand this movie, my first second watch, I usually don't come back to watch it. This was one that I did. And right. I have a way better understanding of they, the whole, the whole, um, mysterious side of it really stuck with me. Um, what else, man? Let me think without having to think too far into it and try to sound like I'm giving a forced answer. Um, I like those course, so you know, far. What those is are... it? You like the list? Good, good. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I like Avatar was a really cool movie to me, but that's one of those movies on my list where I'm like, damn, like I loved everything about this, but this is a one and done watch for me. I, yeah. I, I have not watched the movie a second time still so to this day not for any like reasons outside of like not any reasons like i didn't like it or think it wasn't worth it it was just that's a lot to commit to for me you know um now that i'm thinking I'm, I'm i'm shuffling through my head uh i loved peter jackson's king kong like without a doubt that being another long movie i loved that movie bro i watched oh. it as a kid but i think everything that was done with that movie was done in the best sense that it could have been um oh. Let me think. I I, want to go outside of that kind of like action genre that I just kind of named everything with, as opposed to like Inception or whatnot. Uh, Shutter Island was a great movie to me. I love the twist in that. Um, I, I, I like comedy movies, too, bro. A lot. I like a lot of the older, like the the late 80s to early 2000s comedies. I liked where like I, I liked everything that was covered within those. I liked the sense of humor at that time, where you could kind of take it to where people nowadays would say was taking too far. But at right. that time, if you grew up with that sense of humor, you you have a good understanding of humor, humor yeah. in all aspects, not Absolutely. just light humor, not just dark humor, not just like within the middle humor. It, all humor. I feel like if you grew up watching those movies and can understand them, you know. You you know what's funny and shit that isn't. You know what I mean? So um an, another movie that I, that I would put not to sound like I'm rambling that was a staple for movies to me and, and I I think you would you're going to agree with this too. The first and second Fast and Furious movies. Oh, for sure. Built to this day to me no other movies about racing specifically street racing have even come, to me have even come close to making a mark like those two did. They in all in every sense they were perfect to me. Perfect. The street racing, yeah. the uh, the street racing aspect, the the illegal activity aspect, the yeah. the uh the kind of um you have Dom and Brian who. In a sense, are polar opposites, but they both have a common interest with it being street racing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just, Mm -hmm. I I just loved everything about those movies. Right? I used to wanna, I used to wanna be a street racer after watching those fucking movies. Right? I thought they were the coolest things
0: ever. Easily, easily. That was like my like number one uh, job uh, prospect when I was first watching those movies was like, well, I know what I want to do with my life now.
1: (laughs) I know what I'm getting into. Yeah,
0: like straight up, like I know exactly what I'm about to do. But no, I think for me, like one and two, I like Too Fast, Too Furious. Number one, I, I think I only saw one time. I don't really remember it as well. But Too Fast, Too Furious was just such a fucking serious movie, like such a good ass film. And uh, of course, of course, the purest, purest racing film of all time. Yeah, Tokyo Drift. Say it.
1: I TV. knew it. Yes, I'm so it, glad.
0: It, I mean, you know, it's something to call a movie iconic. But like, very few movies become so iconic that like, just the theme, just the music of that like movie makes you want to get a tuner car. Like, it makes you want to spend fifteen thousand dollars and get a little tuner car and actually try to drift like very few movie soundtracks actually command you to do something like the way that uh the tokyo drift opening theme song just makes you want to live that lifestyle it really is something special um i i'm trying to think if i i i kind of dropped off the the fast and furious like anthology after a while you know after that it was just downhill bro
1: you know they they took it in a different direction it wasn't about racing anymore
0: yeah it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't about racing and, and and you know it's cool because they knocked that out of the park so early that they were kind of like oh what else can we do with this genre like wh- where else can we take it and i like that ethos i just am personally a fan of the pure racing you know Yo. the way that it started you know and i thought that just seeing it build up to what it became is is still cool but it's just not really my thing but, um, yeah, no, I, I bring all of this up because I wanted to talk about the movie that I saw in theaters, uh, Barbarian. Oh, yeah. We haven't, we haven't chopped it up about that. I'm yeah. excited to hear about this. So I wanted to say that, like, you know, I'm a big movie guy. I love making and watching and being a part of the movie process. I don't know if I told you, but I used to work on movie sets when I was in New Orleans, like for like big films. No, I didn't I know that, about- bro. Yeah, and I was an assistant to a producer for a little while. Like I'm I'm very much into the movie making oh, process. Like I've even made my own short film. One day I'll show you, but um yeah, I was I like it's not what I went to college for. I went to college for writing, but I always wanted to write screenplays. So I was like, well, I mean, if I'm going to be writing screenplays, I might as well know how to direct as well and I might as well know how the whole process works. So that was kind of what I embedded myself in for um my like first two years out of college really when i was living still in new orleans okay but um you know in that whole process i came to really appreciate like what it takes to make a movie that's actually interesting to watch in a theater like that's a whole nother thing you can make a movie that's just a good film and you can watch it at home and you know to, you know going on demand or netflix and yeah it's nice but to make a movie that's a film making or film going, excuse me, experience is very hard and a lot of movies fall short of it or a lot of movies will just pump a bunch of CGI and special effects into a movie just to give you that level of wonder and awe so that you forget that it's probably not that great of a movie. It's just got all the bells and whistles of what you think like a spectacle film should be. What I want to say about Barbarian is that it was probably the one of the best, if not the best, good movie going experiences I've had in the last five years. It, oh, wow! It was from all of my experience of knowing how movies are made and all that shit. I can genuinely say that they fucking knocked it out of the ballpark. And I understand why it got such good reviews. I understand why people were giving it so much free press and free time, because it really brought you back to like, why you go to a movie theater uh, in the first place. You go to a movie theater because you want the, the speaker systems and the and the uh screen to give you an experience that you can't get at home because now with our home movie theaters and with all of our technology if it's just a good movie but it doesn't necessarily have the loud impact sounds or the crazy sort of shock value moments that you can only get on a big screen with like a loud you know dolby surround sound there's kind of no reason to go see it in a the theater. Like, if it doesn't give you that, well, we might as well just go watch it at home. That movie knew what it was doing, it knew why you were in a movie theater and it was trying to satiate that part of your brain to say you are basically one step below a roller coaster. That's what a, a good, exciting, especially a horror film, should be. In, yes, 100%. In, your heart rate and your blood pressure, if you were to compare it, to you, riding a roller coaster, it should be about the same.
1: Yeah, no, you're. It, you can't just. You can't just get the level of an experience like just through what you're seeing or hearing. It's got to hit you, like like for what you're saying. It's got to hit you in in every area. It can't just right. like I've seen movies that are just visually good, like you were saying. Like maybe yeah. they bump up a whole bunch of CGI and it's done very well, and I'm like, oh wow, this looks cool, but I may not bring that up in the topic of movies to people outside of. You know who I've seen it with, or I, I might not think about the movie too long after. So, you're that you literally just explained that in the perfect way. Because when you're on a roller coaster, that's how like you feel everything, bro. You physically feel something, you're visually feeling something, you're mentally feeling. So you're hearing things differently. So it's not just oh, I like how this looks. I, yeah. I like how they're talking. Um, I like the setting. I, I I like I like that this guy got killed at the end of the movie. You know, it, it's it's more outside of just one aspect of this movie you have to hit in all of these areas to like for a movie to really stick with you you know what i mean not not just be like oh that was a cool movie i seen last week you know it's like something exactly. you can keep talking about you will never forget certain scenes of the movies maybe how it starts how it ends the climax whatever it may be
0: everything's got to hit for you everything and it and it, a movie a good movie should be happening to you it should yes. be something that you experience and like can stand can stand apart from it should be an experience that is affecting you and i think that uh, a lot of movies lose sight of that a lot of movies think that just because they're uh they've got some like cool cgi effect or they have a great actor that i'm going to forget about the main reason why i'm watching this movie is because i want an experience and barbarian and i'm not going to tell anybody because i think it's so important to see that movie without knowing anything about what it's about to get the the full um to get what I got. I don't want to deprive people from the sense of wonder and ex- and just explosive, like explosive effect that I got from watching it by like really telling you about any, really anything about the, the movie. So I'm, I'm going to stay away purposefully from, um, from any details about like the plot or how it, you know, how it unfolds or anything like that. I'm just going to talk purely about the experience of going to a theater and watching it, you know, I think that's real as hell, bro. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, man, it's, it's, it really is one of those movies that like, very seldom too, does this happen? Do you get this kind of effect where, you um, go see something, and you feel like, yeah, that was worth uh, that was worth the money that I just paid, the twenty dollars that I just paid to go yeah. see that movie. That was worth it. Like that was an experience. And I remember turning to Allie when we got out of the movie theater, being like, "Wow, it is not every day that I feel good about spending $10, 20 dollars on a movie ticket." You know, okay, that bro, really that, that's
1: an, that's enough said for me to want to wanna <laughs> have any interest in going see it. That alone, yeah. because you're right, bro. Like that, and I hate I hate to I hate to gauge seeing a movie down to something like that because realistically think about how many other things in our lives we'll easily go spend 10 20 bucks on exactly for the majority of us you know it's not breaking our bank but it's still your money that you're paying to go see something for -hmm. your own interest or your own intrigue so it's like yeah i gotta feel like i got my fucking money's worth out of the movie (laughs) if i'm gonna enjoy it bro even i don't care if it was a matinee and i went and paid seven dollars to see a fucking movie bro this shit better have me saying i will do this again exactly
0: and so many movies forget that so many movies forget like what people are paying to go see them so many movies forget what it takes to get out of your house like it's so um at this point in in movie going like uh you know studios should be um surprised that they even make 10 million dollars let alone 100 million dollars on a movie just by the fact that people have so many options now to just sit at home so it's like if you're really going to uh give me the experience a reason to get out of my house, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna thank you for it. I'm gonna tell other people to go do it because it's not every day that a that a studio or that a uh, filmmaking team really understands that concept and does right by their viewers by giving them something, you know? Uh, yeah, because people are easily be. pleased, bro.
1: Like, yeah, I, I mean we're we're in a we're in a fucking time right now, and I'm not discrediting anything. I, I'm a fan of some of these movies, but. Like you were just saying a second ago, like a lot of these movies, to get these star-studded casts, and and yeah. you just you, some people look past the fact, and they may think, "Hey, this was a good movie." Like in, in the movies I'm talking about, nobody don't nobody come after me for this. I don't want no hate. It's Marvel movies, bro. I, yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry to say it, bro. There's there's a good majority, a good chunk of them that I truly enjoy as a film. Not just what they are derived from the comic books, not just because there's great actors in a lot of these movies, but a lot of these, you know, a lot of these, they got the money, they have the budget to go and get all these high level, top tier stars, put them in a movie. Of course, just off of that alone, you're going to go see the movie because you're like, what can I, I know I should be able to get at least something good out of this. So after seeing certain ones, like uh, just to name a few, Iron Man one, great movie to me. Uh, I think even some of the older. Uh, marvel movies as a movie not as their phase one their phase two yeah. not a part of their collections the movie themselves there's only so many within the marvel title that i can actually say were good movie like actually good movies outside of the me knowing what's going to happen already because if i've read a comic book overwatched cartoons played the games whatever it may have been so mm. that's one of those areas where i'm like i have friends who are either fully into marvel love all of them or i have friends that are like ah these ones were all right these ones were pretty good but i i can't bring myself to see marvel movies and and me personally Mm. uh the last one i seen was spider-man and that was just off of my my nostalgia as a kid thinking spider-man was the coolest superhero ever as a movie it was decent it wasn't bad it wasn't the worst movie i've seen far from the best um I don't know. I as far as a recommendation to go see it, yeah. If you're a huge fan of the comics, I would say to. But any of these other Marvel movies, man, I don't know, man. They're they're they hit or miss, bro. They really are.
0: Yeah, they really are. And uh, I totally have checked out from the Marvel universe. I I never really enjoyed comic books. The and and to honestly, the only comic book that I really um, fucked with was Spider Man. And I honestly yeah. think that the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, even though like you said, it's a it's decent. It's a decent movie, but. Low key, that's what it should be. It shouldn't. You shouldn't be looking for an Oscar-winning performance from a movie with a guy in tights. You know, I Ever. think. I I think it should just be spectacle. It should just be the sort of fan service that you want. It should become almost like an anime. You know, like you're yes. you're certain you're looking for certain things. You want to see your favorite actors play certain uh, characters you've seen in the. Uh, in the movie or in the comic books and and that's kind of what you should get out of it it shouldn't be the end-all be-all of your uh, movie-going experience and i think that's sort of where uh marvel went wrong is making it su- such a big deal and putting so much money behind these movies that you're sort of setting yourself up for failure because how good could a movie about a guy in tights really be you know and
1: uh because right, at some point there's the fall off bro like okay <laughs> yeah. This At, isn't gonna really happen, even if you were Spider-Man. You know, like that's my right.
0: exactly. And I think overall, the sorry, I'm getting I'm getting wild kill streaks in Call of Duty. I'm playing it while well. <laughs> Oh, that's, no, that's <laughs> what I like to hear, bro. But uh uh no, but I think um more than anything, like what uh what I really get out of the whole the whole like universe of these movies is like, I was saying like that fan service, that feeling of, wow, like this is cool. I got to see like seeing um, Kirsten Dunst play Mary Jane. Like that's awesome. Like that's cool. Like as a kid, you're just like, Oh yeah, that's hot. You know, like you're into it, but like, as an adult, you're you're seeing grown people like running around in tights, and you're just like, This is so dumb. And you <laughs> yeah, see people you bro, see, like you lose interest. Huh? Yeah. You it's the disconnect from reality is too insane. And you see like grown ass, like 45-year-old adults who are like taking the Marvel universe seriously and like telling you everything about, like, oh yeah, so like in this issue, like, you know, it's just like, come on, man. Like, I get you may have liked comics when you were a kid, but Some things you leave in the past, man, like you you shouldn't be looking for it to to be updated for your adult experience, you know, and um, at all. And I don't
1: want to hear nobody like sidetrack for a second. I don't want to hear nobody (laughs) ever say, well, what's the difference with anime or manga? Because there is a huge Huge difference, fucking difference. difference. These things at the start of comics, comics were kind of like as as much as they could appeal to adults there was only so much that they could break outside of because th- there was just always this to me and you know my my comic fan lovers don't don't come at my head for this you know i i respect the space that comics lie within mm-hmm. i respect the space that the american cartoons also lie within but there was never to me at least when i was a kid there was never that sense of of, of danger if you would within the comics right. as there is an enemy like comics you know Let's say you're a Superman reader. I'm not I'm not super comic savvy. I haven't read many comics in my life, but let's say we're talking Superman. At least as a kid for me, I never felt like Superman was gonna die. Spider-Man never felt mm. like he was gonna die. None of these guys. You go watch anime, yeah. you read manga, you don't know who's gonna die. It's not that they can. Yeah. it's like, oh, this guy could, this guy could, this guy could. So there's a there's a more serious factor to it. So for you comic fan lovers, don't, don't shit on my anime and manga. Please don't.
0: No, and and I think you're so right, and I think a lot of Americans, the first time they ever saw like a fiction where, uh, or or the first time they really were connected to a fiction, uh, series that had characters that were disposable was like Game of Thrones. And I think that's why a lot of people like Game of Thrones. But if you're an anime fan, that's normal. It's normal to lose characters throughout like a five season, six season show. It's normal for characters to have like actual life threatening uh, consequences to their actions. You know, it's not just uh, this, this sort of happy go lucky thing. Whereas like exactly. So with something like Superman, you kind of know Superman's going to figure it out at the end of the day. And uh, I think kind of going pivoting back to Christopher Nolan and like Inception and Batman and all those movies is one of the things that Christopher Nolan figured out very early in making big budget action movies is to like reintroduce stakes, reintroduce this couldn't possibly go wrong, you know, in a, in a, um, uh action movie rather than it just being wall to wall the the good guys beat the the shit out of the bad guys and there's just explosions and jumping through buildings but at the end of the day everything's okay like in batman if you notice like there's a lot of time where batman is losing especially in like the dark knight rises he loses yeah he, he loses to bane like multiple times you know And, like, you would never see that in a Marvel production. You would never see that in the MCU or whatever it's called. You know, it's just, like, 25 minutes. I've seen these movies. I saw the Avengers, unfortunately. And, dude, it's, like, 25 minutes towards the end of no dialogue, just CGI action scenes that are fucking boring. Yeah, nobody's
1: talking. There's no, no like, depth. I mean, there's a a small sense of depth to them, but you're right, bro. Like, you know, not – and I'm not going to ruin what happens, but unless you've seen – the very end of what was it fucking end endgame was the last of their first phase
0: yeah i think, I think so
1: yeah I'm, I'm, and i'm not going to say what happens i'm sure majority of all of humanity knows what happens but until that moment there wasn't that sense of realism if you would reality i know we're talking about fucking superheroes and giant <laughs> aliens and all this shit but you, you even even within fiction uh the genre of fiction you have to have some sense of realism to really grasp somebody and un, until that last 10 minutes of end game last 20 minutes whatever it was bro there, there wasn't that much of that in these movies you always knew the outcome so i saw, you're right bro aside from that like like you were saying in dark knight batman or batman gets his fucking back broken <laughs> yeah, like, like, you don't <laughs> see that bro you yeah. never, this is the top martial artist in the world he's got the most expensive high tech gadgets you don't see this man so often uh, so often get his asshole like that but yeah. you watch this movie you're like oh my god bro is he gonna recover from this? Is he gonna come back? I don't know. And the
0: scary, the scary message that it was sending was that like you can be as prepared as you want, but sometimes they're just people that are just stronger than you. And yeah, like that's that it. was the, it that comes was the, down to that. That was the reality that Batman had to face. That Bane was just more of a badass, and there was yeah, no man. amount of training. Yeah. There was no amount of technology that was going to save him this time. He just had to get as good as Bane. He just had to literally, it was like a DBZ story arc. He had to go back and train, you know, he had to actually like get, get stronger. And like that, I think was something that you'll never see in the MCU because it's too, it's too adult. It's too dark of a, of a lesson of just like, oh, sometimes nothing that I can purchase can save me. Sometimes I actually just have to roll up my sleeves And just get good, you know. You got to
1: get a little dirty sometimes, bro. You got to get right in there and then maybe, maybe face something that you never had to face in your life. And that, and that's like you just said that that's literally was one of the key points in Batman. He was for so long, you know, from Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. I mean, even even in The Dark Knight, you know, Joker was definitely definitely giving him a run for his money. The Joker was always that one step ahead of him. But it was a little bit different between the contrast of him and Bane because. Even though, yeah, Joker had the one-up on him a few times, that's all that ended up being. He just had the one-up. He kind of could predict, maybe got a little lucky, Mm -hmm. maybe he already knew, but then Bane literally just comes out of nowhere. He comes in, he's like, nah, I'm running shit now, straight face-to-face with Batman. Like Joker had this kind of idea to stay so far away from Batman in all these situations because he knew. He knew Mm -hmm. if it was within a close quarter situation, he wasn't really going to get out of it, at least not to his liking, so i'm 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 a fan of that bro christopher nolan I, you know a lot of, i know a few of my buddies uh disagree with this christopher nolan to me has the best batman movies out so oh, easily thing, and
0: nobody can tell me otherwise easily easily i mean he has the best superhero movies like he, yeah he did the genre in a way that made it a a rewatchable non-disposable like adult film that you know, a kid could also enjoy too. You know, but there's enough um, shock value and craziness in even just the Dark Knight, or if you, if you even watch Batman Begins, like it's a dark film. It's not really shiny and sleek like how Mary. you know it's not. It doesn't look like you're watching a toy commercial. It looks like you're watching a a gritty action movie. Which I think that if there's anything that fits the Joker, it or it's not sorry, that it's the Joker, but uh, um, Batman, it's that it's it's literally it should be dark it should not be uh light it should not be um you know this sort of romp through f- through a bunch of like fun you know quippy dialogue kind of moments you know
1: no and that, and that's where like you know cuz from the beginning of comics ever coming out obviously we've always had these battles of dc and marvel they're the top 2 whatever nobody's gonna say different those are the top two when you think of comics you think of superheroes those are the two names that will always forever and ever i feel like pop up now in the comparison what you were just saying about batman i would compare batman to iron man in the sense of who would be who in their own respective universes right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there was always this difference between the two iron man was a little bit more like i'm not being funny batman could be very doable. Maybe not in the sense of, you know, oh, I- I'm going to go fight 10 motherfuckers. They got guns and shit. I'm going to come out unscathed. Yeah, they take it a little over the edge. They have to, but mm-hmm. it would never be the same as Iron Man. This guy's in a flying piece of metal that's scanning shit from halfway around the fucking world. Right. It's got lock-on missiles. It seems like it's got this indisposable amount of ammunition within it. You, like I said, bro, your sense of realism gets thrown off, whereas Batman... He's a guy. He's out. He's a billionaire. Okay, so in in our world today, this is doable. He's got the means and the connections to go make the stuff that he can. He comes out with. What does he have? He doesn't have anything too over the edge. He's got some crazy vehicles, which we've seen shit like that in real life. He's got a suit made of. Uh, is it made of Teflon? I think it's it's light. It can maybe. Yeah, it's
0: like yeah. maybe like
1: not necessarily reflect a bullet, but stop a bullet from entering your body. Sure. Whereas Iron Man, you know the shit bounces off his suit. Like, come on, bro. Let's let, 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 let's be a little realistic here, even though we're in a completely unrealistic setting. So that's right. why I think Batman can hit with an older age group more than the Marvel universe can because they they bring you some shit to reality that would if these things were occurring in our everyday lives, this is probably more likely, more
0: close to how it would go down as opposed to what we yeah. Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. There is that just that extra level of like plausibility that Batman achieves that none of these other uh, uh, shows or sorry, movies or IP really that they even come close to that, you know? And I think that's really as an adult, what takes me out of those movies and makes me think of them as like kid, kid shit, because it's like, well, there's nothing I can appreciate in this film that I could take into real life. It's all a sort of um, suspension of my belief from beginning to end, you know?
1: Yes. Yes, sir. Um, I actually just thought of another movie that I, I should be slapping myself for not mentioning. On what, bro, Apocalypto? Oh yeah, that and like, cause that would that's another movie not I'll give a lot of credit to because I think I've seen the movie once or twice in my life. But it, usually when people ask me like like to tell them some of my favorite movies, bro, that's usually one of the first few I say, and that's. I'm sure you've seen it, bro, that through and through, yeah. beginning to end, bro, That I, I, that's a perfect movie to me. I love that movie. And, and it's crazy for me to say that because a lot of times, with very, very few exceptions, if I'm going into watching a movie and I know it's not in English or mm-hmm. I may have to watch it in subtitles, it kind of brings down my, um, my reception of it, honestly. I won't lie. Yeah. It, it does. And then it's not uh, i'm not no weirdo out here i'm not like oh there's no place for that in america i'm the <laughs> furthest from that I, I really truly am i'm a huge and avid anime fan i watch my anime with subtitles so
0: for yeah. a lot of that
1: at least at the time of me watching this movie i was like man how am i gonna feel about this and just bro i almost you almost forget that it's in another language because of how well perceived they made this movie i everything about it was great bro and shout out to my mom for telling me to watch that because she was the she was my person that gave me the recommendation and who knows i may never have watched it without her so that that's that's yeah that's on my list i need to re-watch
0: apocalypto i i haven't actually uh watched in a while yeah same here and that's
1: that's why it's crazy to me that it's it's still something that pops into my mind when i'm asked that question of what's a great movie whether it's a recommendation or just a personal favorite so i might have to go back and rewatch it myself i think i have it on dvd as well so i don't know if it's on too many
0: streaming sites yeah, there. I th- believe it's on. Um, I think I saw it on Amazon Prime or something. Oh, it would Blue. be
1: Amazon. That, that yeah, that
0: fucking monopoly of a company. Yeah, no. There's we got a. There's a couple movies I want to show you that um, uh, that I think you'd really like just based on what you've told me.
1: Yeah, bro, um, send them and, that way. I'm I'm open to yeah.
0: them, bro. I'm I'm not a. I'm not the
1: quickest to take recommendations from you know mm-hmm. people who I, I I may feel like in my head. Don't watch too many movies, but I can clearly tell from talking to you and what you've told me about, you're well into it enough to where I'm like, all you got to do is tell me I'm there.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm good with the recommendations. That's one thing. Like if I and I don't give everybody the same recommendations, you know, everybody likes something different. So you kind of have to, like, be able to tell, all right, well, he'll probably like this because of, you know, this aspect of it, you know. Yeah, so yeah, like what we said about
1: anime, bro. You can't just go tell anybody about anything we've watched because you're like, uh, this motherfucker might never turn on anime again or never watch another movie again after that,
0: right? Right, exactly. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think especially with anime, it's it can get so hard because there's so many different kinds of anime, whereas with movies, there's like a couple of like central movies that most people will like. You know, where it's like yeah. anime, maybe only like three anime that like, even, no, I was just about to say, I don't even think there's even three because you may really not like Shonen. And if you don't like Shonen, you're not going to like Dragon Ball Z. You're not going to like Naruto, you know, you're so, not going to so, like most of the, the
1: majority talked about shows today. Exactly. Literally.
0: Yeah. You've got to kind of really be careful with anime. And, uh, especially with the ones you think people are going to like, like that was my biggest problem with it was like, I was like, wait, how do you not like Evangelion? But then you just find out like, Oh, that's just not what they're, that's not why they're watching anime. You know, they don't want to watch some cerebral, you know, like crazy show about like, that's about existentiality. Some people just want to turn their brains off and watch a good anime, you know?
1: Yeah. It might just be too much for them to grasp.
0: And a lot of it is bro.
1: Realistically. Yeah.
0: Seriously. But yeah, man. Um, I'm uh I think I'm good with this episode. I think we did a good good little hour here. Um I definitely want to follow up. I guess maybe we'll watch some stuff this week and uh, we'll do a follow-up episode if maybe if you want to do it later in the week, we could do it that way.
1: Yeah, hell yeah, bro, for sure.
0: Cool, man, cool. Well then, yeah, let me uh let me go ahead and end this one. This has been a great one, Dom. I really think we talk talked some good shit on this yes, one. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Let's see, stop.